A new study found that the drug that the president has touted as a miracle cure for COVID is more likely to kill people than save them. Even if our summer may be spent inside, Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga have provided us with a bop for the ages. Plus, we get to spend some time with the creator and star of HBO's Insecure and co-star of the new Netflix movie, The Lovebirds, Issa Rae. The date, May 22nd, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. Did you see the clip of Joe Biden talking to Charlemagne the God yet? Mm, Not yet, but you better believe I saw it all over Twitter. How bad is it? Oh, buddy, just take a listen. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., what (laughs) are you doing? (laughs) This is my only question (laughs) right now. I don't know. It seems uh, I'm not running for president. Let me make that clear. But it seems like if I were that um, it's very it's just like everyone knows what you should be doing. And it's kind of just like not being as bad as Trump. (laughs) Right. And I just don't know how I think that 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 clip is bad on several levels. But I think the thing that sticks out for the most people and why people's eyebrows are raised is the kind of code switching that Biden seemed to be trying by talking to Charlemagne and saying that if you are having trouble, you ain't black. The ain't is what really made me go, mm, uh, yeah. sir, uh, you, you might have been going for relatable, but you are sounding very old white man right now. Oh, 100%. It's like that was the note he was given. It's like it was like, this is the demographic you need to reach. And he's like, OK, got it. <laughs> oh, man. And Joe Biden's been doing this for long enough that I I know that this is just how he talks and his coach switching is just part of his political process. But boy, sometimes it just feels like you've either been doing this for too long or you just need to get a refresher into how people are talking these days. Okay, as much fun as this is, it's time for the Corona update. Here are the two main things you need to know today. One, a new study says hydroxychloroquine is linked to higher death rates for coronavirus patients. The study, which was published in the medical journal The Lancet today, was the biggest yet. Involved 96,000 COVID-19 patients across six continents. And rather than being a miracle cure to coronavirus, as the president has claimed it is many, many times, the study found that hydroxychloroquine was linked to an increased risk of dying by over 35%. The study also found that taking the drug more than doubled the risk of heart arrhythmia, Cardiologist Eric Topol told the Washington Post, it's one thing to not have benefit, but this shows distinct harm. If there was ever hope for this drug, this is the death of it. Uh, And Trump said he took this, right? (laughs) Yeah, he has at least said in public that, yeah, I'm taking this. I did a week and a half of it. I'm almost done with my whatever. And I need uh, to let you guys know that no one asked me. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) But also isn't bad that he like he lies so much that actually when he said that, I didn't believe that he actually took it. So I don't know. Maybe he took it. Maybe he did it. We'll find out. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. And also his doctor's note from the White House doctor just basically said, yeah, we talked about it, period. Not, did no clarification on whether or not the president is actually taking this drug or not. All right. Number two, Trump announced yesterday that the U.S. will not be closing again if slash when, probably when, a second wave of COVID-19 hits. 
He said so during his visit to the Ford factory in Michigan yesterday, where, by the way, he did not wear a mask during the public part of his tour, despite their floor rules. When asked if he was concerned about the second wave, here's how Trump responded. People say that's a very distinct possibility. It's standard. And we're going to put out the fires. We're not going to close the country. We're going to put out the fires. There could be, whether it's an ember or a flame, we're going to put it out. But uh, we're not closing our country. Avoiding another lockdown might make sense if there was a vaccine in place or a system to test for the virus and trace people exposed to it. But there still isn't a nationwide system like that in place in the U.S., which is why we had to shut down the country in the first place. Okay, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I mean, not closing down or social distancing seems like a a really bad idea. Yes, yes, it does, Casey. I got to say, though, about Trump on mask, the fact that he didn't have one on the floor in public, he got criticized for that. And he told the press that was gathered there, I had one on before. I wore one in the back area. I didn't want to give the press the pleasure of seeing it. (laughs) All right, it's time for today's good news, bad news. Good news, your summer playlists have a new fave, courtesy of Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. At midnight last night, they dropped their new single, Rain On Me, and friends, it is so freaking good. Somehow the two pop queens have never been on a track together, which um, that's crazy. So when this was announced, it made the stands and me forget just for a second that we're going to be stuck inside all summer. Also, it's the second song off of Gaga's new album, Chromatica, which was supposed to drop last month, but was delayed because of the coronavirus pandemic. I am so glad that this song came out. This song feels to me it's doing for a certain segment of the population what the Savage remix with Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion did for mm, another segment of mm. the population. <laughs> yes. When I listened to the song, I got like actually super sad though because it was so good and poppy. And I was like, oh man, this is a perfect Pride song. And then mm. I was like, oh, Pride is canceled. Uh, I'm not queer anymore. <laughs> you are so, and Pride is not canceled. As long as you can throw open your window and turn this song up to like 11, Pride is not canceled, Casey. <laughs> okay, thank you, Hayes. You're a good ally. <laughs> so I do feel super bad about giving two bad newses yesterday. So I'm going to do a double dose of good news today. Good news for the gamers out there. Michael B. Jordan has dropped his gamer tag and is accepting all challengers. Jordan is a known nerd, having confessed his love of anime and comic books. And yesterday he revealed that he's secretly been playing Call of Duty for a minute and just absolutely destroying people. He's also like really into trash talk, as this video he posts on Instagram very much makes clear. Yeah, motherfucker. What's up now? <laughs> so if you want to take him on, his tag is Julian underscore Chase. I, I am so bad at first person shooter games, but I'm willing to give it a try again just for the chance to take on Michael B. Jordan and lose horribly. I would die within seconds, I'm sure. Oh, same. But he's should I get into video games now? Like not for any like particular reason just for like science and definitely not Michael B. Jordan. I think there's no shame if it is for science and Michael B. Jordan. I think those two (laughs) things are compatible together. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, I'll do both then. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we've got star of screens, big and small, Issa Rae with us. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Our vast network has the NFL's best talent bringing you right into the action each week. There's always room to add more football into your podcast rotation, and our vast group of shows will surely keep you up to date with everything you need to know surrounding the National Football League. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and we're the hosts of the science podcast, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe. Like, if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and the wonders of techno-history. Basically, this show is the altar where we worship the weirdness of reality. If anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions, it is time to come join us in the place where you belong, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast. New episodes publish every Tuesday and Thursday with bonus episodes on Saturdays. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're really excited about today's guest. We've loved watching her since she was putting out Awkward Black Girl on YouTube. She's the creator and star of the hit HBO show Insecure, and she's starring in a new rom-com, The Lovebirds, that's premiering on Netflix. That's right. We're joined today by Issa Rae. Hello, Issa. Hello. Thank you for the kind words. Of course. They're heartfelt. (laughs) Yes, they very much are. (laughs) So your new movie, The Lovebirds, came out today on Netflix. It features you and Kamal Nanjani as a couple whose relationship has faded and is on the edge of ending. But then you get swept up in a blackmail ring. Have you ever had a breakup that you wish was interrupted via crime? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes, I have. I can say that. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think I think we all feel that way about our respective lives. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. Ah, uh, so you and Kamel are fantastic together in this film. Your energy together is perfect. But you told Seth Meyers you're jealous of his fitness transformation to get into shape for his role on the upcoming Marvel film, The Eternal. So we, we got to know, how often was he working out on set between takes to get that bod? He definitely wasn't. That's why I'm, oh. I'm, that's why I'm so jealous. I mean, he was, he was definitely, he was definitely eating differently and mm. we, we bonded over, you know, um, our respective diets. Cause I'm always a dieter and I love, you know, trying different crazy crash diets and stuff, but, mm. but it doesn't, it, it doesn't get me more than like five to 10 pounds that I always <laughs> gain back. And for him to just do it and put his mind to it and then come out like that is infuriating to me like I'm proud of him but, but also it's enraged yeah enraged <laughs> but, <laughs> but I witnessed him you know go through it. and I think what actually made me upset was he got to have this period when I was actively dieting where he was he got to eat he was complaining about <laughs> being able to eat 3,000 calories a day <gasps> so he was just like oh my god all these steaks and uh, all these this cake I have to eat like I don't and I'm like shut up bro stop <laughs> <laughs> okay so aside from Kumail you've gotten to work with a lot of really big name people by now so who's the dream collaboration at this point like the person you really want to work with but haven't there's still somebody. I mean, I would love to work with Denzel. I'm I'm mm. scared too. I love Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson. Um, also equally scared. Though I got to hang out with him and he feels like a, a relative in a great way. But I would say those two for now. Denzel and Samuel L. I feel like I've worked with like the black canon of talent. Ooh. America's heroes. Yes, absolutely. I'm curious though, what sort of project would you want to do with either of them? Do you have like something in mind that you would be like can see the poster of already? <laughs> Um, I don't know that I'd feel worthy enough to be on a poster, but I'd love to hold a gun with either of them looking over the <laughs> yes. shoulder. Um, yeah, with 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 like badass concern. Mm, that like 70s vibe too. E- definitely. All right. Switching gears a little bit because Insecure season four is also airing right now. This season is all about diving into the backstory of Molly and Issa's friendship and how it's grown and changed since they met in college and their paths diverged. Is there a person in your life who you were thinking about and drawing from that experience when you were writing this arc? Definitely. There were a couple. I've had two uh, friendship breakups that, you know, Mm. I'm still reeling over and those sit with you because you, with, with friends, it's so different um, because you're so, I mean, obviously relationships are, you're emotionally invested, but there's something about losing a friendship that just feels like losing a piece of you. And especially if it's a close friendship and especially if you don't know where it went wrong, if there's a communication breakdown or if there's a buildup of, of things that you just haven't addressed or acknowledged, like your female friendships for me are are so important and such a huge part of my life. And I haven't seen um, a, a detailed portrayal of a, of a friendship breakup. And I thought that it was a really exciting territory to mine this season. Between Insecure and this new movie, you've been hustling in front of the media for a minute. Is there a question that you've been dying to be asked because you have a killer answer to that nobody has set you up with yet? Ooh, um, I guess no, because I'm, nothing that I'm doing during this quarantine is impressive. So I wish that I, could, I wish I had something, but I'm pretty lame right now. Oh man! So you've been doing these 
interviews and promo virtually like all of us stuck inside. So I know that back in the before times, you had your infamous lemon pepper yacht parties and the people would turn out. And I'm guessing that just does not hit the same over Zoom. Hell no. Has it been a struggle to connect to people during lockdown or is your inner introvert just kind of thriving? It's definitely not been a struggle because everybody wants to get on FaceTime now and Mm. talk. And that has been the most annoying because I don't, I don't like talking on the phone already. Mm -hmm. And so to get, I've always thought that surprise FaceTime calls were a cardinal sin. They should be illegal. They should, (laughs) they should be illegal. And at least outside of a a quarantine or a pandemic, I have about a 50, 40 to 50% chance of looking decent when you FaceTime me. Mm -hmm. But like in a pandemic, I'm always busted. So how dare you assume that I want you to see my face? Um, so in that way, it's easier to connect with people, but I do miss, you know, I miss parties and I miss inviting my friends over to just kick it. And, you know, I definitely won't be able to do a yacht party this year at all. And that's like my, my only chance to be the life of a party (laughs) ever. It's your boat. It's your party. They will pay attention to you. (laughs) My rules. Yes. You will talk to me when I ask you to on my boat. Okay, so Issa, one more thing real quick. Uh, We're doing research for this interview. We came across a piece from Stanford Magazine back in 2012 where you said you hope the web series Mm. Awkward Black Girl will get picked up by a channel like HBO. So first off, shout out for literally manifesting your dreams like that. In the same article, though, it mentioned that while at Stanford, you staged a Motown version of Grease. And we're going to need you to say more about that because it is such a vibe to picture. What was Uh, that even like? It was... Rough. I don't want. <laughs> I don't. I wish I could find that that article and just because there's. I don't want anybody to go back and and find that. I was literally in the writers' room talking about my my theater history at, at Stanford, and the plays that I would direct were basically like adaptations mm-hmm. of movies on the stage. But this one was just like it was of color. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a predominantly black production of Greece, and I kind of wanted to acknowledge that the music isn't necessarily what. Black people of that time would have been singing. So I was like, oh, let's just bump it up a decade. But then it was just, <laughs> it just didn't really fit. So we just, we went with it. It was an anachronistic, like, uh, version of Grease. But, you know, it was it was fun while oh, I was man. there. People, not too many people complained. Going to need to find <laughs> some footage of that ASAP. I really just Down. need to see that. <laughs> Threat hurt. I will Threat know who did it. <laughs> Okay, Issa, this has been great. Do you have time to join us, though, for The List? Yes, sounds great. Okay, it's time for The List. And today, looking at three of the most underappreciated romantic comedies, according to us, the experts, and Issa Rae. Number one. Number one for me is the classic teen movie, Can't Hardly Wait. Mm, Good choice, good choice. Starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay, for me, it's going to be uh, the classic lesbian rom-com, Imagine Me and You. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And for me, it's going to be the actual trash film that still managed to be a good romantic <laughs> comedy, Fifty First Dates, <laughs> starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. And I will explain why in a second. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was not bad. Was that like basically Groundhog yes. Day with yes. Gates? Where Drew Barrymore yeah, had yeah. no That's why short-term I liked memory it. and would wake up and Adam Sandler exploits this into making her 
love him, but somehow it works, or at least it worked at the time. Okay, yeah. We have to know by now, though, you can't dig hard into these early 2000s movies. You're going to find no, holes and absolutely. problems. <laughs> You're going to find a lot of problems, so, so. which is why you just, yeah, just enjoy it for what it was. You have to put on your like time machine <laughs> goggles and watch them. Yeah. So, Issa, what is it about Can't Hardly Wait that you really love? You know what? It was uh, it was just a good it was like white people house party uh, yes. in a way that I love. <laughs> it was I love Jennifer Love Hewitt. I love that era of movies. Seth Green was a wigger in a way mm. that uh, uh, was was terrible, but also relatable because I, I went to a private school where, you know, it was predominantly white. And I saw those guys who were just like, yo, 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 what's up? And and it was just relatable <laughs> to me and, and recognizable and it's just it, it and and uh, Ethan Embry was at Ooh. his peak at that mm. time, like Empire Records and and this movie. He's he's killer. Casey, what I don't recognize your movie, and I feel really bad about that. What is that film? Yeah, of course you don't. Okay, you guys. I feel homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so the, this is like 100% a classic in the queer community because it's the only rom-com we have. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Mostly, okay, you guys know a lot of queer movies, they end in death and like going yeah. back to your husband. So so with this one, it was, it was, you know, still had some of that, but it was more lighthearted. We weren't dealing with like the sadness that, you know, Carol's dragging us into. So... <laughs> So you know what? It's underrated for the rest of the world. <laughs> I you deserve. That. You guys Absolutely deserve. True. Issa, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Everyone out there listening, you have your assignments for this weekend. Watch The Lovebirds on Netflix <laughs> and then these movies we have recommended to you. Thank you guys so, so much. Okay, we have time for one more thing. So Casey, you might not know this since you're in LA, but I've been noticing how weirdly quiet New York City has been these last few months. Now, here's what the background noise of the city near the West Village sounded like one year ago on April 19th, 2019. And here is how it sounded this year. Whoa. Right? The New York Times published those clips as part of a story on how the pandemic has made cities around the world just hella quiet. Those sounds were captured as part of an NYU project called Sonic, S-O-N-Y-C, because it's a pun. For the last three years, they've been monitoring noise pollution patterns in the city using 16 microphones. So has LA also been like super like still and quiet? It has been. And I love it. I've, yeah. I'm like this. No, it's been like a really good perk because it's like... I guess it's the same thing for New York and L.A. Probably the people who live there, the one thing they want every now and then is like a break from the hustle yeah. and bustle. So it's like I'm getting the perks of the city, like being in this place that's just like full of people and beautiful things. But now I get to just like take a breath of fresh air, you know, literal fresh air, <laughs> literal fresh air, because hashtag nature is healing. Um, but no, I totally agree with you in that. Luckily, the street we live on has always been relatively quiet. We live on almost as far east on the island as you can get without falling into the river. And like no one drives down our street unless you have to be over here. But even with that, like it's been much quieter even to the point that during the early days like of this going outside, it was even quieter than like on Christmas Day or like major holidays when you go outside and like, am I the only one in this city? <laughs> 
I'm also starting to get like a little bit nervous for once we are reintegrated back into like our daily lives because um, I've gotten used to there being no traffic. And even yesterday when I had to go out to the store or, um, after work and it was around 5 p.m., there were a lot of cars out, but still nothing compared to what it usually is in L.A. Right. traffic. And I started to get like upset at the traffic. Mm. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared to go back. <laughs> oh, man. So if you want to hear or not hear more check out the new york times story the coronavirus quieted city noise listen to what's left by quick throng boy and emily badger that's today's show we're taking memorial day off so look for us back in your feeds on tuesday and remember your overcooked hot dog is not worth the side of covid19 lung damage barbecue responsibly this weekend kids News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Hiba Elorbani, and Alan Haberchak. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesh Hatikadur, Samantha Hennig, Patrick Miniman, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please, take the time to leave us a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends about the show. Then set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Hi. I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too, right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.